And we're back. Um, welcome back to the Coach's Corner podcast. It is Brian and Coach Mo. Um, on today's episode, this is kind of part two of the follow up of what summer ball and AAU ball is going to look like moving forward. We're going to give you some takes that we've seen from some of our practice sessions and give some of y'all a realistic expectation about what you're actually getting into. Um, so this is kind of going to be an information dense episode. Really, it's for a lot of the parents that we have in our system, a lot of the kids that we have in our system and anybody who's curious about joining up or reaching out to us and seeing what we're about. So um, but since this is our inaugural season, we got to clear the air about some things. Um, nothing too heavy, but that's what we're going to talk about on today's episode. So it's Brian, Coach Mo. All right. We're here. We're here in the building. So uh, we'll get to you guys after the intro. Peace. Peace. Welcome back, y'all. So um, let's do a quick introduction. My name is Brian. I am business partner with Coach Mo. I handle all the media and marketing. Um, I master the podcast. I place ads, do a lot of photos and videos and stuff that you see on the Coach Mo website. And so, you know, and I also you know do a lot of the backstage business stuff. Apparently, sometimes you'll see me out with a camera. You might see me sitting there talking to coach Mo on Monday nights and stuff like that. But that's pretty much what I do. Um, I have my own marketing consulting business, which I run and I help people find ways to hold their marketing dollars accountable. And I'm also kind of a Swiss army knife. So if you need video shot, if you need podcast recorded, we figure out a plan to get your business out there. So that's what I do. Coach Mo. All right, Coach Mo. I'm certified speed and agility specialist. One of the only few in this region. Uh, been uh, been doing that for about six years. Been coaching youth basketball for near 20 years. Uh, started with my younger brother, and I've coached hundreds of kids since. I've been a high school coach. I've been an AAU coach, um, and just an overall um, just overall coach and just a consultant to new coaches coming into the game. Um, it's been around originally from North Carolina. Uh, my personal basketball mecca, uh, mecca. So I've um, been around uh, basketball and sports in general for several years and um, just love love doing it and uh, love helping out the youth and uh, seeing what's up with the next generation. Hey, so what was your latest adventure last season? What was the most interesting thing about last season for you? <laughs> Where do you start? Um I think the most interesting th- uh, thing last season is just kind of seeing how the games changed a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, when we, you know, went to school, there wasn't a lot of select select teams or select um, organizations, those kind of things there. And, and, it, and it's good and bad to it. Uh, good thing that the kids get a lot of places to play. Um, so I, I started seeing a lot of new teams, new uh, new places to play, new thing, and kids were getting on the floor. And I thought that was pretty cool. Um but what I saw when you added that, I saw a lack of quality too. Sometimes too, so there's a other, uh, you know, there's other side to it. Uh, one thing we focused on last year, when uh, as, as we you know get better every year, is we reduced the amount of teams that we had, mm-hmm. so we could have a more hands-on approach, and uh, so we know the kids hands-on approach. Know what we were doing, and it and it really worked out well with dealing with personalities, dealing with per- personal things that go on outside of basketball. And I thought that was pretty successful. And our end, 
Um, this you know, with the game changing as well. Uh, also, we try to implement putting in um, a lot of the developmental stuff. Um, and Brian, he's brought it up several times talking about the mindset stuff. Um, we, these are still kids. Uh, these are still kids, and uh, myself and Brian have a background of working at uh, working at Boy Sound and working with uh, working with kids for several years. And every kid is different. Um, and just because you say here's a kid at six four, six five, he should be able to put the ball in the basket, score thirty points each game, uh, and be a robot out there. That doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. Something may have happened that night before, that week before, and we talk about a lot of the mindset stuff, and we really implement that, and we're going to continue to do that with our summer teams as well. So a lot of changes, but we're we're just staying one step or two steps, sometimes three steps ahead of all the changes that are going on with youth sports. And one of the things is, you know, we really focus on getting these kids ready for the next level of basketball. Mm-hmm. Coach Mo has had experience coaching that next level. Uh, we're talking like the high school level ball, um, you know, you, getting a chance to go, you know, work with a team that's actually been to the state title, a state championship, uh, competed for it on an even basis is a very um, illuminating experience that shows you what it takes to compete on that higher level versus, um, you know, what what people think it takes to compete, if that makes sense. And so Coach Mo has a lot of experience with that. So today's episode, we got to we got to lay down some uh, we got to discuss and give some reasonable expectations for what we got this summer. Um, For those that don't know, um, we're running a couple of different basketball related programs, um, which are really focused on the top end of of players, you know, the ones that really are invested in the time commitment that it takes to move up and be better players. And so as such, we have an AAU program. This is our inaugural AAU season. And we also have um, a local team that's going to be competing in local tournaments in the summer, but they're also going to be kind of our AAU reserve. So if you have a kid out here who's killing it on the local team, you know, we might have a talk with a kid and their parents and kind of say, all right, um, you know, mom, dad, whoever, mom, dad, grandma, aunt, uncle, whoever, um, we're kind of interested in um, moving your kid up to that AAU level. Um, and the AAU level is the traveling team. That's the team that that's going to be playing uh, some of the best talent from around the country. And so it's really a big thing, but, we got to lay down some reasonable expectations because um, AAU ball and even the extension of summer ball, since we're going to be trying to put our summer ball kids at some of the highest levels that they can get locally. Um, there's going to be, you're going to have to um, ch- shift what your expectations are in terms of this, because we've talked about it a thousand times on this podcast. If you want to buy, if you want a trophy, we can show you plenty of places to buy trophies. You know, I can take you to, uh, you know, Bob and Rob over at uh, Crown Trophy and you can buy a trophy from them if you're so invested in just accumulating trophies. But if you want to earn that trophy, you got to put in the work because we can buy them all you want to. But if you want to go out and earn it, um, you know, 
you're going to have to go out there and work your butt off to get it to make it happen. And a lot of uh, parents that we've interacted with over the years, um, and they're not just our parents, they're not just parents that we have in our system, parents across all the basketball systems in this state um, have been kind of conditioned to accumulate trophies. They're happy with their kid being on a team that wins, whether their kid contributes to it or not. That ain't this program, guys. So that's not what that's not what we're about. Um, kids don't get better just by being on a team with players that are better um, and winning and hoisting trophies. That's not what we're about. And so when I say adjust your expectations, um, we'll start with the AAU. It's our inaugural season. Um, we're going to play against some of the blue book, some of the some of the descendants of the blue bloods of basketball in this country. Um, some kids that are children of current and former NBA players and coaches and collegiate uh, superstars and coaches and stuff like that. These kids have been in and out and around some of the highest level of basketball. They get to, all right, I'll put it like this. If your dad or mom is played in NBA or WNBA and you're going out playing one-on-one games with, with them <laughs> since you've been little, and they decided to stop letting you in years ago. What do you think that does to your game? That's who we're matching up against, y'all. Right. And we ain't scared of them. Right. But we're also reasonable. Right. So, um, Coach Mo, tell me a little bit about your experience with some. Of, and I want to, I want to hear some of your background with playing some AAU ball in North Carolina. Who you the who's who of of talent that that kind of came up with you, <laughs> and what the difference is with those AAU level players versus what we see in the local tournaments? Well, which, well, AAU, AAU um, it's it's level up basketball, and so everybody, I know the young kids call. Uh, Call it, you know, when somebody's doing too much, they call them tryhards. I think that's what it comes. So it's basically having kids that are out there, they're looking at recruiting, they're looking at wanting to be on the next level. So they're going to try their hardest, their best to run up the score, to hustle to every ball, to block every shot. They're going to do everything at a high level to beat you and to beat you. There's no taking a break. There's no feelings. There's no, they're out here just to win. And so when we played and, you know, let's go back to street ball and those kind of things there, it was a pride thing. So when you were out there, it was you, it was you, you were trying to make a name for yourself when you were out there trying to play. Um, and, and you had the guys that could shoot. You know, we did a guy that could just flat out shoot a three. You had a guy that could, you know, cross everybody over. You had a guy with the handles as well, too. You had the guy that was, uh, you know, blocking shots. Um, I was a kind of guy that was in, in between all of that. Uh, I was a bigger, bigger point guard. Um, I was, re- I really focused a lot on defense, uh, rebounding, playing inside. Uh, I, I was an undersized center slash point, <laughs> you know. Um, so I found my way. In an aggressive game, I had to be aggressive back, and, and but be calm and aggressive. So it wasn't, 
you know, clotheslining somebody out the ear, out the air, like the Detroit <laughs> bad boys about that too. But you did what you did like the edge a little bit. Um, but people saw that. People saw that. Recruiters seeing that. Those things there. So AU is it, it's different. Um, typically, when you're playing, you know, your local tournaments and those things there, the stuff, you know, the little aggressive play, the extra, you know, the extra jawing a little bit, it will get you a warning or a technical foul and those kind of things there. Um, Probably not going to happen in AAU. So when they're talking, they are chirping two hours before the game. You might see that team at the hotel. You might be sitting there eating breakfast, eating your Frosted Flakes, feeling good about yourself. And that team comes down and they're looking at you. They're sitting across like, oh, this is the team we're going to play at 11 o'clock. We're going to get at them. So it's already a mind game before you even get in there. And so then they see you in the gym. You, you, you're shooting around. You miss your first layup, and, and, and Brian talked about it. You, you, you're clowning around, and that clowning around in practice you did a week two before. They're watching that, and now they're like, "Hey, they can't shoot. They right. can't do layup." And so they're sizing you up. It, it is it, because they want to. They want to not only beat you. They want their eight to ten boys or girls, whatever you're playing, to be on the national circuit. They want them to be. College athletes, they want all the scholarships in the house. They want every recruiter and everybody that's interested to see what's going on there. So it, it is, it's bigger, a bigger stage. Uh, TV's on, uh, I think, uh, certain, certain places like baller TV's there. Um, you're going to have cameras on you. The crowd with COVID, um, with people being able to take the, the vaccines and all this, the crowd's going to start getting a little bit bigger again. They're going to slowly start filling these venues up again. And, it, you know, it may not ever be back to the size it was, but hey, now we're in a technology age where everyone can see it. They can actually stream a game and, and, and you know, to a college and the coaches right. can watch this, you know, and if you're out there uh, dogging, you're out there playing at a, you know, at your level of your select team that you're, you know, you're bronze when you're bronze A, you're dominating all the bronze A teams, you're going to get beat like a bronze A team, you know, uh, and, you're, and you're going to embarrass yourself. Uh, so it's, it's basically going out there, displaying what you have and, and getting out of your feelings in a sense. Stop worrying about rankings, those kind of things there. There are going to be some people that's always going to be ranked the best of the best. And you talked about that. They're, Bronny's always going to be up there. His dad is LeBron James. No matter what he does, he's always going to be ranked on something because he's LeBron James, and that's okay. And he's actually a really good player, but it's okay. But if you're going to sit around and focus your whole life of saying, why am I not on this top 10 list? And why am I not like there? Doesn't matter. If you go out, though, and you play those top teams like that, and you're able to lock one of those top 10 players up or put points on them, get rebounds on them, give them a good battle, now people are looking at you. So it is your individual work ethic and your individual play uh, in a team setting, but you know, team setting, but they're looking at your individual stuff, you know? And so I think I've coached a team where all five starters got a college offer and they, and they weren't from the same school, you know, they went from the same school. They went, they're going different places, but it was their effort. It was that when I was talking to the recruiters, man, they got on the ground for a ball. They were die, you know, they were uh, deflecting passes. His body language was good. When they were down by 20, he was patting them on the back. He was getting a bench fired up and they got back within five. They got, or they won the game. That's what they're looking at. AU is about giving a hundred percent effort for that whole time. Cause it's time to roll. Are not are are people don't want to deal with you? Well, and that's well, let's go back to you're down twenty. You know you're down by twenty points. AAU, they're looking and seeing if you're sitting there hang if the if the players sitting there hanging their head and sulking 
because they're playing they're, they're getting they're they're getting thumped they're looking for the one that keeps everybody fired up keeps the team engaged and says hey we're still in this um body language is huge and these are the nonverbal things that we've talked about on here uh we call it we call it the boo-boo face if you're walking around that boo-boo face um on the sidelines because you got pulled because of a matchup thing and you're sitting there pouting and you can't get back into the game or one that we've seen and we continue to see it in practice we're nailing it down but you miss a shot and instead of getting back on defense or trying to get the board you got to throw your arms up and uh you know that kind of stuff that takes you out of the game for that split second where you could have been going to get the rebound, getting back on defense to make a good play. They're spotting that. These recruiters are looking for that kind of stuff. They're looking for the kid that hustles a little bit harder, whose motor doesn't stop just because uh, the game is supposed to be over. You know, the one that's on the floor, that's fighting for the boards, the one that is there to collect that board and put the shot back up. The one that's there playing good defense on somebody where they may be completely overmatched, but they're trying. They're trying their best. That's what a lot of this, that's what a lot of what we're going to be looking for, especially in this inaugural season going forward. You know, we're going out to win. We don't go out to lose, but we also have reasonable expectations of it. If we're ta- if we're taking one of our teams and it's our first season and we end up, at, you know, in front of the best team in the country, we're going to expect our boys to go out there and play. But we also just we're satisfied when they give their best effort, even if it's enough. That's great. If it's not enough, we'll get them next time. But um, those are the things that we're kind of expecting. And those are the expectations that we have. Like I said, we get into a lot of. Um, you know, and Coach Mo has seen it a lot with parents that are trying to live vicariously through their kids. <laughs> um, and they have unrealistic expectations for the level of competition that their, their their kid is playing. You know, your kid is still hasn't played high school ball yet, but you're expecting him to go out there and play against kids that hoop against college players. Well, here's a big warning, and I'll piggyback off that. You're right. The big warning, especially those kids that haven't been in high school yet, you still got to try out for your team next year. Right. You still got to try out for your team next year. So use this summer to get better and, and work instead of criticizing everything that's going on in the world about basketball. It's your kid that's playing. It's your kid that's playing. And you don't like, listen, if you only knew the, the, the pressures that some of these kids are going into, depending on the schools they're going to, some schools have different systems where you have to, you, you know, you, they have to know you before you get there. Right. You know, those are called feeder programs. And some of those feeder programs do very well uh, because those, those teams remain competitive and they're always in the state and those kind of things that they do very, very well. Uh, some of these teams that don't have feeder, some of them can do well, but a lot of them don't, you know, a lot of them don't. And so you're because your kid dominated at a little private club and you played you know, bronze level, you know, does not mean your kid's ready for the big time. That light is brighter up on that high school level. Right. You know, it's really big on the varsity level. Real bright. I mean, illuminating big, big floodlights. And if your kid is nervous to play in front of grandma, 
<laughs> you know, it's going to be a, 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 a rude awakening when they got to play somewhere else. And so it, that's where you got to understand too, parents with AAU um, and those things there as you're, as you're watching videotapes on. So anything you're saying to these kids or about these kids or to your own kid, people hear it and the kid hears it and the expectation already for AAU is higher. And now they have your expectation even higher. And that added pressure not even being on the high school team yet. And they're starting to struggle a little bit even higher. And so why add that extra pressure and just let it happen? Let it roll. Yes, they're going to go in and play other eighth graders. Are they playing other ninth grade, tenth graders? But they're playing teams that are probably the best of the best. And we feel that we're coming in with some of the best of the best. But, you know, you get a team full of six, nine guys that are point guards, you know, it, there's going to be one of those things where it's like at some point they're six, nine and they're point guards and they can shoot the three and down the ball. So you're going to run into those teams. Those are buzz saws. But like Brian said, how do you compete against those teams? Do you sit there and look at them and get scared and run off? No. So your kid has to deal with that. So don't give them something else to deal with because you're living through your, your, your expectations are too high. Right. It's too high. You, your, your expectations and we're going to I'll be I'll be very transparent as a parent. If you're with our AAU program, your expectation should be that your kid goes out there individually and competes the best way, the best they can. And from a team effort contributes to the team. And that's what your expectation needs to be, because, like I said, um, for some kids, this is their very first rodeo. Uh, for some parents, this is their first rodeo with this AAU stuff. Um, you're going to be seeing kids. You're like, is that a it, wait a minute? That's a 14 year old, you know, and it's probably and it's probably 18. But yeah, that's another AAU thing. That's, so so <laughs> that's never going to change. So you're going to you know, you just got to be realistic about it. And we're trying to prepare you so that we're not doing a lot of this um stuff that we've seen on the local end. And so, uh, you know, I'm going to take a pause for the cause. I'm going to talk about some of the things that we've seen on the local end in terms of uh, parents with, with expectations don't really match what the kids where the kid is. And then we're going to talk about what the expectations for our local teams are. So we're going to take a pause for the cause. We'll be right back to you. Okay. So we're going to talk about um, some of the things that we've seen locally and making sure that you're 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 moderating your expectations because it's one thing as a parent if you get mad if your kid is just not is just phoning it in, not giving a good effort. You know that they're not giving a good effort. They're not trying. Their body language is horrible. Their heads down. They're pouting. They're trying to argue with the refs. Arguing with the coaches. They're arguing with the fans. Arguing with their teammates. We've all seen that. But then there's another thing where the kid is trying their absolute best, but the person they're playing just has a foot on them, <laughs> has a foot on them, um, you know, has 50 pounds on them and has a lot of uh, years of high level experience on them and getting mad at your kid because they're trying their best, but they just can't match up with this person. That's not the route to go. And we talked about the added compounded stress. Listen, y'all, um, there is not a lot of room for that. Um, when it all costs kind of mentality right now, it's about getting out there and seeing what we got and seeing how these kids match up and also getting a chance to put a spotlight on the kids that work hard 
because this is a process. This is we're doing the AAU program this year. We plan on doing it next year and the year after that. And so the kids are the program's going to grow with the kids. The kids are going to grow with us. So next season, we're going to reload and we're going to be better than we were this season. The year after that, we're going to do the same thing. It's a process, but we have to get them in the water to test the temperature first Mm -hmm. so that they can get that experience of what it's like playing against the best in the country. You're not just going to jump in and dominate the best in the country. And you should be kind of scared of that if you do, because... You're 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 playing. You you go you jump in right away and you dominate. This team's the best team in the country. Guess what? That team is probably not the best team in the country. <laughs> that, that gives you that false sense of maybe we got it. And then game two, you 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 run into the best team in the country. You're like, whoa. We call that getting the, the, the we call that you got a bat you got a battery in your back. Somebody put a battery in your back and got you charged up. Mm-hmm. And these kids go out there and they they beat the best team in the country. Well. They ain't the best team in the country. Mm-hmm. There's another team that we ain't never heard of. And invariably, the way things always work out is you beat what's the best team in the country. And then you end up playing the real best team in the country and you, you're you in for a dogfight. And um, we don't want these kids to have these blown up egos mm-hmm. coming into these kind of games because that's where people get their feelings hurt. And the reality of it is that's where a lot of kids give up. Yeah, this, this is a big year. I mean, you, you that's perfectly said. This is a this is a big year. I mean, it's a big year because if you don't get this experience, you know, you're definitely going to get it in your high school if you get when you go to tryouts and you thought you could take the summer off and the kids that did have this experience are passing you and making the team because they're like, hey, man, look, I went down and played in, in, in KC or played in Minneapolis and I thought I was the best point guard because my dad said I was and, and then the school said I was and my little select team said I was and man, this dude put 75 on my hand, <laughs> you know, right. and, and I'm not the best, you know, but I know how to work and so what I love about AU, like, and I'll tell you this, uh, we'll start May we'll do uh, uh we're actually starting on next week and we'll uh we'll travel in May but June is usually a break because a lot of kids have high school stuff so usually you have a break from traveling so much um that's when reality gets to set in for some kids they, they play those tournaments and they're like whoa so they use June to kind of get their thoughts together and mind you like I did not expect that you know or hey i am actually better than i thought i was in this area let me maximize off of this so they use that to reflect and then you go back into it july july beginning of august and then you're and then you're you're done and you're prepared for your high school fall sport or whatever workouts you have there so you you have that now to go back and we talk about the expectation for uh, the, the, the parents and the kids and these things here hey, let me be real with you as, as a coach um I hear everything, okay? Uh, I hear everything. And, you know, sometimes it's annoying. And sometimes it's annoying. Um, There's one coach. And as as me, I can say personally, myself, and I know a lot of other coaches, uh, dude, I've been around Coach Hepburn for a long time, and we we give the kids these plays. 
We we take responsibility for the losses. Our real coaches do that. We take responsibilities for that. But we can't take responsibility for your effort. We can't take responsibility for your heart. We can't give you that. So in practices, this is stuff your parents aren't seeing. And everybody's like, man, how come my kid's getting pulled out the game? He's not starting this game. I'm like, hey, hey, you, you may not start because of matchups. Mm-hmm. They got all kids that are six nine. I got to use my big kids that are matching up there. They have a super super speedy team. We got to match some speed for speed. I mean, we may change the the uh, the lineup every single time. So you have to get this mindset that my kid has been starting since the YMCA days and blah, right. and he's and I don't understand why he's not playing and he gets pulled out. Well, he's not fast enough for this team. He's not you know uh, he's not making a good effort and he already has four fouls. So right. you got to understand that you being in the crowd as a parent, you're not understanding what happens in practice. You're not understanding the matchups. You're not understanding uh, what's going on on the sideline if you're critiquing your own kid and you're yelling at the coach. It cannot happen in AAU like you think it is. It's, it's, it's a different ball game. Don't sit up in the crowd and heckle your own kid. We've seen that. Yep. Don't sit there and be the heckler of your own kid or, or, or the coach on your team. That's one. The starting thing is really interesting. Do not get too invested in starting because we have kids that have started their entire careers who probably will have a game where they don't start. It may be we're, we're concerned about the mileage on this kid. Mm-hmm. He came out there and busted his tail the last game and we have an early game that next day. We're going to give him a little bit more rest so he has a little bit more in the tank. You know, there may be a little nagging injury that reoccurred and we're trying to give the kid, Talk some, to your kid. Give the kid a little bit of a break. Or the person he's matching up against could be that kid that destroys his confidence because this kid has two feet on him yeah. <laughs> and and it just is not a good matchup. And so we're going to find here's the thing. We don't want you to say we don't want you to think, oh, my kid's never going to play. We're going to find a way to rotate that kid in somehow, some way right. to contribute to the team. We're going. That's why we play matchups. But the starting lineup on a roster doesn't matter especially in this first season we're going to go based on what we think the best what the best matchup is on the floor uh i i work with some of the but it's one of the best players in the state uh if not the country um and you will never they they get upset when they when you know at their cell this is where you can tell players right they get upset with their own performance like i could have did this better could have did this better there they're not upset if they come off the bench on a stat team and they still get 18 points. Right. They still get 12 rebounds. Because guess what? The recruiters know that. They know that kid's a starter at his high school. They know that kid's a starter everywhere else. But on this team here, for this matchup, he may not match up well against this particular team. He may start the next game. And they know that. And all you do is keep your head. And when you come in as a six man, you do your thing. You do what we ask you to do. I'd say the best players I say, and this, you can agree or disagree for the people that are listening, the best players I, I, I play accept their role for that day and that game. They accept that. You know what? Yep, I'm a 30-point scorer. But today... I'm going to go stop their 30 point score and I'm going to, I'm going to just sit on him. I'm going to sit or, you know, him or I'm sit in the pocket, make sure they can't, they don't catch the ball. Make sure they're never comfortable. I'll make sure that 30 point score turns into a 12 point score with five turnovers. Right. That gets frustrated. That slams the ball and gets a technical foul. That starts arguing with his teammates. I've won that matchup now. 
I've won it. Every night I know that I can score 30. I might score four that game. But I, get, I kept their 30-point score down, and we won that game, or I kept them frustrated. So appearance, people observing, understand there's more to this. And if you didn't trust what we were doing, they wouldn't be here. And so you must trust what we're doing, but don't let your emotions get so fired up. And I'm talking about parents of our program, parents of other programs have been doing this, that you're so upset at your kid, are so upset at the coach, and you don't understand, like, why are they not starting? Why are they not matching up? That it carries over, because everyone sees it. Everyone hears it. When you're recording the games, we can listen to your... Thank you for, you know recording the game sometimes, but we hear it. The kid hears the playback and it's like, oh, you walking down the court. Look at, look at our, look at our son. Look at the, why is he not starting? Why the coach was, oh, the coach was not like him. I hear it. The kid hears it. And so then that kid, all of a sudden, the comp, you, you're actually helping hurt the confidence of that kid because you're being so negative. Here's what you do. Because I, I get to be a parent in soccer. I love it. I get to be a parent. I get to sit back. So I went to coast. Thank goodness, you know. And I still hear the soccer parents are pretty uh intense. Shout out to the soccer parents that gotta be quiet, but a lot of them aren't. We think about basketball parents, we get a bad rep as basketball. Go, oh, soccer, goodness, you know. Um, baseball too. Don't let don't don't let right there's parents in in all sports that are you know, over the top. But when I hear it and I hear why is it not doing this? Why is this? Why is this? Why is this? Why is this? I've heard a lot of kids come to me. I'm not even a coach or talk to like another brother or sister. And they're like, I want to play next year. I don't, I don't want to do that. Cause it'll say, and, and, and the parent doesn't hear it or they don't feel like comfortable talking to them. And to me, that that's a red flag. That's where you got to be very careful. For me, I know my youngest is pretty fast, pretty athletic. Um, he did really good with flag football and, and decent in soccer. He's, you know, but my expectation is not for him to go get 30 goals the first he's seven. He's seven and he just learned the sport. So who am I to question why why didn't he start? Right. What is a seven? There's like 15 kids on the team. <laughs> you know, they're just learning right now, you know. Uh he's my kid's the one. I, he's the one that's, you know, rolling around in the grass. Sometimes he kicks a goal in, the other time he's rolling down the hill, you know, and he might have a day where he just doesn't want to participate because he's seven. And so I can't go yell at the coach. I can't go yell at him. I can't, my expectation can't be as high as him. I didn't play at a high level in, in, in hockey and soccer and in baseball. So why would I expect my kid to play at that level? And the, the bottom line is, did he do his, did, did he go out there and do his best? He tried. Yeah. That's what matters. That's the important thing. Did the kid go out there and do his best? Now, if your kid, phoned it in and you know when the kids phoned it in that's when you have the conversation with the kid and you may even pull the coach in and saying okay how can we hold this kid accountable um so what we're going to do is we're going to take a pause for the cause coach said something that i want to expand on you don't see what happens at practice and so the next part is going to be what happens in practice and we're going to we're going to frame this a little bit differently so coach doesn't even know what i have in mind for this um we're going to frame this a little bit differently so we're going to take a pause for the cause and i'll be right back all right we're in the we're in the home run stretch of this we're in the last stretch of the podcast keeping it short and sweet for the fam you know we know that y'all got stuff to do we have things to do so this is what we're going to do um this next section is 
Um, we talked about, you, you you know, for the parents, a lot of times you don't see what goes on in practice. So we're about to pull the curtain back um, and we're going we're about to talk directly to the kids. <laughs> so parents, stay in the room for this one. <laughs> kids, let's put your headphones on. <laughs> this is for y'all. We know what y'all up to in practice. Mm-hmm. Playing around. And we're talking about we're, we're being transparent here. Playing around, making fun of other kids, laughing, screwing around on the sidelines, halfway paying attention, walking, which is a I, when I was growing up, that was a cardinal sin. If you were playing a sport, when the coach blows his whistle, you walking around. The other cardinal sin is that the coach had to repeat themselves after they blew that whistle, um, not hustling to the baseline, not giving 100 percent effort. We see y'all. <laughs> Some of you boys aren't ready for what you're about to walk into. And, you know, we talked about it. I know coaches talked about it. Um, I don't think it's going to be real until somebody dunks on you (laughs) and baller TV is there and they get you getting dunked on because you had body you had bad body language you were out of position now sometimes it may just happen you may be doing everything right and it may happen but <laughs> most of the time it's not. you weren't paying attention you were arguing with the ref you're looking for a call you 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 know you're sitting there po- yelling at your teammate over assignment that you blew <laughs> so we're being real with y'all we see you over on the sidelines it's time to start Get start cutting this behavior out. This stuff will not fly in high school. Your high school coach will not put up with this for five seconds. You're having little side conversations that aren't about basketball. You aren't encouraging everybody in that practice to do their absolute best. They see it. We see it. Mm-hmm. Your parents aren't seeing it sometimes, but we're calling you out. We need y'all to be better because the local team is the reserve squad for our traveling squad. Whether you intend to play or not, we're having the same expectations of the local team as we do for the AAU kids. You go out there and you play every game seriously. You take it seriously. And we know, Coach and I know, how you practice is how you play. If you're goofing around on the sidelines and practice, if Coach has to repeat himself multiple times, if we have to address little childish behaviors during practice we're going to address them during the game we're going to address them on the road we're going to address them in the local tournament um we're not going to put up with it guys we got the three strike system first is the warning second is your final warning third time you'll be asked to go home well the, the bottom line is people want to be there are people 99 of people kids you guys want to be here to, to compete and you want to play and be on a big stage because and i tell, I tell a lot of kids you probably weren't satisfied how your if you're a freshman how your freshman season went mm-hmm. um sophomore how your sophomore season went you may have wanted to be on varsity and you didn't get there may got cut you didn't get there eighth graders you same thing. Some of your eighth graders are in OPS didn't get to play basketball this year. You didn't get to play for your school right. this year. You got to play select, and some of them didn't get to play select. So it's a mystery for some of the, uh, some of the kids, and so it should be taken serious. And and, he, and the thing is, it's like, yes, I am a parent, but I'm a parent of three. 
of my own kids. Uh, as a coach, you are you 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 are over these kids. You're overseeing them while they're in practice, overseeing while you're in games, but. To babysit behaviors that should be corrected on their own, like like Ryan said, the like we, we had kids years ago. It's fine. I had a kid that was tickling somebody in a right. huddle of a game, tickled some like was tickling somebody in a game that we were down one in a game, and I I need to sub that kid and I didn't because I wasn't ready. wasn't very tickling somebody, you know. That stuff is happening, you know, in front of coaches. You cannot play that kid or you can't. That's not good. And so the focus kids, and it's going to be you guys focus for our specific team. I don't know how the coaches do it is like Ryan said, come ready to come ready to play. Uh, my other expectation, and I'm putting, I'll put this out to you guys in your group. Um, if you're late, I understand you guys can't drive. Uh, you know, the, we understand that things happen. Understand that. But don't come in. High five everybody with your slides on, uh, you know, tap your ear, AirPod, gonna, uh, show everybody what's going on Instagram because you're now you're a distraction. You cannot do that. There's a strike right there. That's a distraction. You are not ready to play. You're not ready to come in and, and work. I understand because the parents, you guys do great. Our team does great. Um, text me, hey, we're running late. Other kid hasn't been good. But don't you be sitting on top of the stairs trying to act like Mr. Hollywood when it's time to go to work. Don't be last in any event that we're doing. And I'm talking about where you could have been first or you could have been in there. Don't I'm just going to jog because I've already made the team. Right. No, 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 no. no. You got to work. Hey, I'm telling you right now, there's no guaranteed starters. There's no guaranteed starters. You, you, we are working up until the day of our first tournament. And then we'll keep working in between there and see what you're going to do between those times. And we're looking at all this stuff. You are not bigger than the team, right? Show up ready to work. Show up ready to work. Don't come in. Show Like if you're late, just show up, hustle over to hustle up to the line. Don't make it. Don't make a big uh, deal about it. You're just there. It, I, I'm going to throw this one out there. I don't know if coach saw this. He might laugh about this. Whatever you do, don't show up in pajama pants. Don't <laughs> come in no. pajama pants. No. Don't show up in that is not somebody that's ready to work. No. You don't you're not ready to work in pajama bottoms. I'm sorry. Come you can come in with them. You can leave with them. Don't be wearing them. Don't wear them when you're on the court. Yeah. I mean, it's little stuff like that, y'all. We can't have this, you know, the tickling and all the other stuff. Man, <laughs> Tickling, bro. Tickle, the, I, I, bro. It's tickling, tickling. In, in, a, in a game, right? A clutch game was tickling. I, had, I stopped the huddle and almost like what? <laughs> tickle somebody, hey. like tickle me Elmo, like tickle. <laughs> hey, stop! <laughs> don't come, don't come in distracting. And here's the other thing for our veterans, the ones that have been with us a couple of years and know kind of what was going on. We're expecting you. If somebody if you if somebody is screwing yes. around next to you, say something. Knock it off. <laughs> Man, knock that, it off. That is number one. Are you right? That is number one. You, you are you, there's different types of leadership. Right. Yeah. Myself and Brian, we have two different personalities. You know, we have, you know, we like a lot of the same things. We disagree on things like that, but we're we're brothers. We've been knowing each other well over 20 years. And I tell you, we sometimes 
you got to, with leadership, Brian is kind of a, and it's funny because we, we talked about this the other day, our roles have switched a little bit with certain things in business, but I'm, I've always been more vocal out there, just kind of, I'm that, I'm that risk taker, like right away, you know, like, I'm, get, I'm just more real live vocal. So when I was, my leadership is, hey, everybody be quiet. Man, we got to get this, you know, more thing. Well, Brian, you know, it's kind of like, hey, man, look, you know, hey, man, get together, get back in line, more, let's organize this here. So there's different types of leadership you can do. Don't, don't feel bad because you're not the loud, but there, but you can tap somebody and be like, hey, man, chill out. Coach is going to make us run or I'm trying to listen to this play. You're not telling. You're not snitching. You're not a, tat, a baby. You're like, I'm trying to learn the play so I can maximize my playing time when the tournament comes. Cause I don't want to sit on the bench because I want to, I want to be in the game and be effective. Be quiet. Right. And the <laughs> other side is if you got to run because somebody next to you is screwing around, that's all one. If you don't address it, that's on you mm-hmm. Two, The last thing coach wants to hear is, Oh, oh. now we got to run because of you and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, do that on your water break. Yeah. Step to him on your water break. Hey, man, we had to run because of you, man. Knock it off. Let's go. I'm trying to get out here and win this. I'm trying to get out here and compete. You playing around, man. Do that on your water break. Don't do it when coach. All right, guys, you weren't listening. Now you got to line up and run. <laughs> nah, nah. You should have checked him on your. You should have checked him before. Now it's on your water break. We don't need to hear any complaining. Get out there and do it. You're at. You're on the clock now. Get out there and do the work. You know. You got all day and all evening and all weekend to play around and be kids. But when you're in practice, we need you to take it seriously because we have a limited amount of time. And some of y'all were trying to catch up. You're trying to catch up, especially if you didn't play eighth grade ball last year. We're trying to catch you up. We're trying to get you to catch mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. And so we don't have time to play around with little kid behaviors. There are plenty of places and parents. This is this is where y'all come in. There are plenty of places where the coaches will, you know, the coaches and whoever's in charge of the organization will gladly take your money and watch your kid tickle people on the sidelines. And then that kid will never see the floor mm-hmm. and they'll keep taking your money. We will pull that kid aside and say, you got one more time. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then we're talking to parents and let them know. We talk to them. We let them know. You got one more time. And we'd rather save your money because we're not going to travel with somebody who's, who's having tickle fights on the sidelines in, in, in clutch moments. You know, we want to keep it lighthearted. We want to keep everybody engaged, but it's got to be focused on the game. Right. It's fun. Everybody knows me. I'm fun. I've, I've always been a comedian. Everybody knows that since I was in, in school. But when it was time to, you know, do something, it was time to, you know, I was in the music. It was time to do music. It was time to, to, you know, to do sports. It was that time was serious. That time was serious. You know, it's time to joke and it's time to, to not do. And I don't. I don't make it. I don't make it where it's not obvious. I I'm like when when I blow the whistle, hustle to the hustle to it. And when you're with me that hour and a half, two hours, it's all serious. Right. It's all serious. It's all serious. Especially if you especially if you don't know what you're doing. If you have no idea what you're doing and whatsoever and you're confused on you know where to be and all you better be the first person telling everybody to be quiet you better be the first one in line and we see it all the side stuff all the little stuff we see like um i've asked kids to to lead a group or something like that too and 
not only 10 seconds in, they, 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 they stopped or they, you know, they looked over and see if I was still looking. Yes, I see it. Yes, I saw it. You, did, you didn't lead that group. And I'm talking about older kids, you know, that shouldn't be doing that stuff there. I've had younger kids. We talk, it's not about the age sometimes. We have younger kids get up, step up, lead stretches, mm-hmm. you know, keep everybody running. So it's not about, it's just your maturity level. We, what do you want to, what do you want out of basketball? And I know my expectations is I am trying to make sure that all your kids meet and exceed their personal goals. Their personal goals this, this summer. Because I know a lot of them have came from situations where they probably never won a game. Right. Situation where they didn't get close in a game. I know this personally, um, where they may have been cut twice, three times, you know, they've never had a jerk. Man, look, the, the fact that some of these kids probably never even had a jersey that matched or anything like that. That stuff's huge to kid. That stuff huge to kid. And this is your opportunity to be like, not only every part of the team, to be a big part of it. There's going to be mistakes. We understand that. You're going to have things that are embarrassing. You get crossed over in practice. You get dropped. Somebody, somebody beats you in one-on-ones. You know, but look, we do it as a family. And when we get on the court, we play together as a family, but we have to listen. We have to do what it takes to get there before that. It's fun when you know what you're doing. Right. That's what I was telling you. It's fun when you let the coach coach, parents. It's fun and when you, you show up ready to work, it's fun when you are getting better and better and better and learning from these experiences. And it's fun when you carry it over into your program that you're going into high school or program there. And it's fun when you start making teams. And it's fun when you are getting to the level that you want to do. That's fun. Right. That's fun. That's what you got to worry about. It's not fun when you're not doing your part as a player, part as a parent. Uh, or anybody's sport, that's when it's not fun. And again, my disclaimer is I'm not perfect as a coach. I'm not perfect as a person. But our job at here at CMA is we're trying to get the best out of your kid. Right. And so if you if you help us, we'll help them. And this will be a great, great summer. And the next few summers and beyond will be great because I think we got some of the best players in this, not only in the state, in the country that are on these teams right now. Now it's just trying to show me at that big level. Right. And, you know, we you know, I don't want to belabor and harp on it, y'all, for for uh, the young men and young ladies that are with us. Understand this. Coach Mo and I, we've done case management. We've done all kinds of other things. One of the things that we ran into with some of the kids that we were supervising our case load was the kids we used to, we used to have to put, what was it called? Day reporting or babysitting for teenagers. We are not a babysitting for teenager service. Okay. Um, your parents aren't paying good money for us to babysit you. They're paying money so that you can become the best player that you can possibly be. Take it seriously when you're with us. When you leave, it's all you. You can do what you want to do on your free time. As long as it's not impacting your ability to contribute to the team or disrespecting your parents or putting you in danger. Okay. But when you're with us, you ain't with a babysitting service for teenagers. So perish that thought. We're not going to sit there and deal with little kid behaviors, y'all. We're about this business and we're about the business of getting y'all better. If you want to get better, you need to reach out to us. If, you, if you're not with us and you want to get better, reach out to us. Uh, www.coachmoathletics.com. You email us, coachmoathletics at gmail.com. 
If you're serious about the business of getting better, that's how you can get in contact with us. If you're already with us, understand we're taking your development seriously. We're taking you out, especially if you're traveling with us, we're taking you out of the state to play on a big, big, big stage, a bigger stage than you've ever been on before. And there's going to be lots of people watching you. Their oppression of you is going to determine how your next four or five years in basketball are going to go. Would you rather be that kid who tried their best, put the effort out and had colleges talking to them in ninth grade? Or do you want to be that kid who played around, who wasn't serious about it? The colleges got a, got a negative taste in their mouth and you got to spend the next four years digging out of the hole that you created for yourself because of uh, poor behavior and poor attitude on the on the court. Pick your pick your poison. Which one do you want? I'd rather have, you know, where I know that colleges are interested in ninth grade because I went out there and laid it all on the line. And not me digging out of a hole that I dug for myself because I didn't take practice seriously. And because I didn't take practice seriously, I didn't take game time seriously. (laughs) How you practice is how you play. We believe in it. We've seen it. Over the years, if you're screwing around in practice, you're going to screw around in the, when the pressure's on. Period. Switches don't flip like that. <laughs> you know, you know, um, you know. As much as I love, you know, was a D12 Dwight Howard. Yeah, Dwight Howard on the sidelines tickling people and messing around. There's a reason why he, he's in the NBA. He's earned his spot. He probably has a Hall of Fame resume. Yep. He bounced from team to team to team to team to team because it's, you know, people have this weird impression of him that he's not serious about the game, even though he goes out and shows it in games when he's on the floor. He's serious about what he does. He's serious about his craft. It's the impression that's made. It's hard to take a chance. And it's probably cost him money in his career. He's in the league. He's doing better than 99% of the players in the world right now. But it's the impression that people get. He doesn't, you know, it's the impression from a couple of well-televised antics. And he'd probably be the first one to tell you, Mm -hmm. I shouldn't have been doing that on the sidelines. So it's all, uh, (laughs) it it looks funny. It's all fun and games now until you, it's your people get tired of it. Right. He's the yeah. merry prankster. Yep. He's the merry prankster. But you know what the difference is? He's in the NBA now. Yep. So at some point in time, they took him seriously enough to say, we're going to pay you a lot of money and give you a contract. Some of you guys haven't even made a team. Yet. You haven't made the high school yeah, team yet. And that's, not, that's no knock. I mean, like, it's a, it's, I mean, I understand you, but you're earning your spot. But this doesn't help, right. <laughs> you know? Take it seriously is what we're saying. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's what we got. That's what AAU expectations are. We're probably going to do a part three to this after we listen to this, because there's probably lots of things that we skipped out on. Parents don't have these super high expectations of winning. Have expectations that your kid is going to go out there and do their absolute best. And in the course of doing their absolute best, if we're able to win and compete, that is fantastic. And if not, we're going to go back to the drawing board and get better and read right back at him next time. So, it's Brian, Coach Mo. I'm out. We'll talk to y'all later. Thanks for tuning in. Um, If you're seeing this on YouTube, like, share, and subscribe. 
if you're wanting to run with us, you got to give us a call. And we already had tryouts, so um, there may be a path. I don't know if that path is still open because we have a good, pretty solid roster. But if you feel like you can run with us, call Coach Mo, shoot us an email. We'll book a tryout or invite you out to run with the, run with our kids and see what you got. All right. We'll talk to y'all later. Coach Mo Athletics, we out. Peace. Peace.